Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lori Houston's News for the Heart is dedicated to helping you give a voice to your own soul. Our hearts have the power to free us from pain and the struggles that keep us from awakening to our true essence. Join Lori now as we delve into our heart and soul to find the path that will open us to the possibilities and lead us to the life we love to live. Hey, good afternoon. This is News for the Heart. And today, you know, I've done some amazing interviews and I, you know, over the, it's almost been 10 years or very close um, that I've been doing interviews and I've had some pretty awesome guests and for some reason we have lost touch Peggy so my guest today is Peggy McCall and she is well she's she's a great author her newest book that we're gonna we're gonna do a review on and talk about and chat about is called The Last Diet Book Ever and uh, you did say it was a humorous book and I have to say (laughs) it uh (laughs) It surprised me just a bit, um, but it's great. And uh, so let's let's talk about that. But welcome to the show, Peggy. I mean, you've done some great books, and you know you're you're an inspiration to to so many people, and you're Canadian, which I adore. And <laughs> That's awesome. Well, it's such a pleasure to be with you again. It has been a while, actually, it's way since too we were long. back together. Um, but I'm I'm really delighted. I'm. This book, The Last Diet Book Ever, was something that was an idea that was firmly planted in the seat of my mind a few years ago, actually, I think about two years ago. And the idea came to me when I was sitting in the back of a room, I was getting ready to go on stage. And the host of the event was on stage, and he was talking about how he had lost weight. And he had mentioned that he just really followed a very simple guideline and that was he ate less and he exercised a little more and then bammo it just hit me I mean that is the secret to you know losing weight or to get in shape is it's simple because I'm always distilling things down to simplicity when I wrote my first book called on being the creator of your destiny it was really helping people understand at the most simplistic level how we are creative how we're destructive and to pay attention to which side of that equation you're on and uh, everything I do, everything I teach when I work with my clients, uh, quite often I'm, I'm helping them, you know, see the obvious in things. And so when, uh, when I was in the back of the room and I was getting ready to be introduced on stage, that idea, bam, hit me. I went to GoDaddy.com. I registered the last diet book ever.com. And I thought, <laughs> I'm going to do this book and it's going to include the content that it has. And, and that was it. That's where, where the whole idea came from. But I actually didn't move on it until about a month or a month and a half ago. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, again, I love the idea. Now, we all know that there are some people like, for myself, I, you know, I had to take a part-time job that actually made me very, very sick. And I got frozen shoulders and I got heavy metal poisoning. And, you know, 
I don't know if you've ever had frozen shoulders. I have had frozen shoulder, one of them. Yeah, well, I got both of them. and Oh, my <laughs> word. It really set me back for several years, actually. I, you know, I was determined when I got it. Oh, no problem. I'll get rid of it quickly. And I did all the right things that I should have done. And, you know, sometimes, sometimes the universe is just trying to get you to hear something that you're not hearing. And, you know, sometimes it's just about taking rest and nurturing you. But, right. you know, during that time, and even, you know, even as I come out of it, my energy level hasn't been very high. And, you know, sometimes there's still pain. And so for a lot of women or men, um, you know, who do have excess weight that they're not, you know, even usually acclimatized to, you know, it cuts as you get older causes aches and pains. So sometimes the exercise part isn't enough or it is um it's a problem the other part of it is you know sometimes it has to do with finding that motivation that one you know sometimes you're just your head knows your ego knows you you know you go into self shame and guilt and all the different things that happen but until you're actually motivated until you come from that being place change doesn't happen Yes. Well, you've got to be motivated. Absolutely. It's it's the starting point to everything. Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill talks about the burning desire. You've got to have the desire. You know, when, when I when I got married to my husband, Denny, and of course, Denny being in my life and my son was a teenager and I started cooking differently, I started to pack on a few pounds and I never had any weight issues, you know, pretty much my entire life. And, uh, you know, I, I, I believe I had the same metabolism as my father. My t- father was always tall and skinny and you know, he just never seemed to gain weight and never watched what he ate. And I was pretty much the same. But when I got to my 40s and as I wrote in the preface of the last diet book ever, my sister-in-law, Alice, who's a little bit older than I, she said to me, you know, when you hit your 40s, you know, your weight's going to hell in a handbasket. It's like, well, that sounds promising. And and then instantly in my mind, I'm thinking, well, I'm just dismissing that. I'm just dismissing that. And and I'm very much of the mindset that we, you know, we create our reality. And to some degree, not everything. We don't have control over everything in this universe. But I did find that I started to, you know, put on weight. And uh, and then I thought, you know, I was changing my, my size and my clothes. You know, I was throwing away the size four and I was buying size six. And then I got to a point where I was throwing away the size six and I'm buying size eight. Or, you know, winter would pass and I put my clothes on um, in the spring. It's like, whoa, you know what? The the winter must have shrunk my clothes in my closet because they're all tight, right? And only to realize that, hey, wait a minute. So I would get, I would set like objectives for myself. I'm going to lose the weight by a certain date. Like I'm doing a speaking engagement in front of a large crowd or I'm going on national TV or something was coming up. And I noticed that when people were, on programs to lose weight, it was quite often because they had something coming up, a date, or they were just tired, they were just tired of being overweight. And they just said enough is enough, you know, I'm going to do something about it, and then got on with the work. But at the end of the day, it starts with some kind of a motivation, whether it's right or wrong, it's just a motivation for that person. And they're going to do something about it once once and for all. I know for me, what really drove me once I had started packing on a few pounds to lose it again, is I was invited to a wedding in Jamaica. So it was one of those, you know, destination weddings where, you know, you're on a beach and you're pretty well in 
flimsy little clothes and and I thought I don't want to be looking like a beached whale while I'm there so I'm going to uh, I'm going to do something to get myself back in shape so that was a motivator it's funny me. my 40s were probably my best <laughs> yeah if they good. were <laughs> just well, they were near pretty the good end until the the later part of the 40s I yeah. found that's when yeah. That's when the hell in a handbasket experience came along. Yeah, that's but, when I got uh, sick. <laughs> but you know, end. like um, I know you're into creative stuff as well, creative work as well, and and um, you know I teach people how to achieve their their dreams, and and we've really got to pay attention to what we're thinking about and and what we're saying. Our behaviors are quite often a, a response. So what do we believe? It, it's a response to our own identity. How do we really feel about ourselves? Even when you talk about shame and and things like that, you know, part of the reason why people pack on weight in the first place is because there's something about themselves they may not be loving themselves, and they're not treating themselves in a very loving way. And uh, as a result of that, they'll do things that are um, not that they're really conscious. It's almost like an unconscious confidence. They're they're doing it without even realizing that they're doing it, but they're sabotaging their own health and their they're uh, affecting their own weight because they're not really loving themselves and taking care of yourself themselves. Absolutely. Now that that I think that is well, I think we all know that that's a huge problem in our society. Um, we yeah we have I think that's probably one of the bigger problems in our society is that we don't know how to love ourselves and you know taking care of ourselves and honoring the vessel that we have. <sighs> You know, yeah. we get stuck, we get, you know, we get pulled back and, you know, all these things can happen. True. But, you know, I went away last year and I thought that was going to be the year that I lost weight. But I seriously, it's not been until this new year that came in that just something's just switched. I'm just like, okay, not it's not only that I'm ready, it's just that there was some motivational aspect that I just, you know, it's like, yeah, now I can be it. Now I can know it from you know, that health perspective. And even though I've been saying it for the last couple of years, you know, it was just something about this year that went, yeah, I'm ready. And, you know, I don't know, sometimes we just, you know, people ask why they're not. And it's like, well, you know, sometimes you're just not ready. And no matter what you do to those people, it, they're not going to change until they're ready to make a change. Right. Yeah. It's true. You've got to be ready to make the change. But, you know, I, I will tell people that we are hab habitual creatures and that's the good news and it's the bad news. And the bad news is because we're habitual creatures, we will tend to do the same things over and over again. So if you expect different results, you've got to create some new habits. Now, the good news of that is once we create new habits, you'll get into the new habits and, and hopefully you'll stay in those new habits. And eating is is part of a habit exercising is a part of a habit i have a friend and she's a an instructor she teaches all kinds of different programs and there's a period of time that she owned her own gymnasiums uh you know where she had members and and she was completely utterly addicted to exercising and uh and i said to her how did you get addicted to it and she said well she started you know she started exercising and in the beginning it wasn't something that she was accustomed to doing. It was it was a uh, it was a breaking of a pattern of behavior. But she started to exercise on a regular basis, and at first she had to really really tap into her discipline and be persistent and just go and go and go. And in the beginning, it didn't feel good to go. As a matter of fact, it felt 
awful. I mean, she was feeling nauseous and she went through that whole experience until she got to a point where it's almost like things changed and she started feeling better when she exercised. And then she noticed she would feel even better and better and better. And then she fell in love with that feel good feeling of just feeling good every time she went to exercise. And, and that's why you see people like I just got back from Los Angeles and I was there at uh, Bob Proctor's event called the Classic Seminar. And I had offered Bob, I said, Bob, I want to speak at your event. And he's like, okay, well, you've been around my material for 36 years. I've studied his material extensively for 36 years. I think I'm one of the only people in the room that has been going to his stuff that long. And he said, sure, I'd love for you to, you know, come and present. So You know, I went to that event, I bought a table, I bought my own VIP table and invited some clients and went to the event and I spoke both days, Saturday and Sunday. And I come back from that and I'm feeling like on a high, right? Now I live this stuff, you know, I live the whole professional and personal development. I teach it as well. I write about it. I'm constantly, you know, staying in it and I am addicted to it. I'm addicted to it because it's become a habitual way of thinking and it's become a habitual way of behavior. So when I wake up every morning, I don't do anything except grab my gratitude journal and I start looking through my vision book and I have a vision board as well and I do my affirmations and I've got these habitual things that I'm doing every day. And so, but I wasn't always doing them. You know, I would do some of these things a little bit, you know, way back when, when I started, but now it's like every single day. So we can get addicted to really good stuff, you know, things that can cause us to just feel really, really good about, about uh, ourselves and about the results and get into a habit where I couldn't imagine a day without doing my work in personal development. I could not imagine a day where I wasn't Um, writing in my gratitude journal. I've done it for decades and it is absolutely a way of being for me. So we can create new ways of being that's going to produce much better results by just creating some new disciplines, by getting into the habit of following through every single day and and sticking with it. Yeah, I, I, you know, I mean, that's really the only thing we can do. I just wonder sometimes when it's just a mental exercise versus, you know, that that being feeling. Oh, it's, you know? yeah, it's not a mental exercise. Mental exactly. exercise is part of it, but it's not the magic. Right. You know, the, the magic is when we're feeling it. It's, it's our, our emotions are are tapping into the vibrational vibrational energy of the universe. And that's how we attract. We attract based on how we feel, not what we're saying, not necessarily what we're doing. It's how we're feeling. That's what's yeah. most important. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, so let's let's dive into some of these chapters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how exciting is that, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Okay, chapter one. I do love this. Always wear black when you exercise, like you're going to a funeral for your fat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, I had so much fun writing this book. I really did. I mean, you should have been here, Lori, when... <laughs> When I was writing and what's funny is just to tell you how this whole thing came to be. um, I mentioned, you know, two years ago I was at the seminar and that's where the idea came from. So I was at a funeral back in February and one of my clients actually flew up for the funeral as well. It was a a friend of mine, a, a close friend of the family. Of course, my client has become like a close friend of the family as well. And my husband and I and my client, we came back from the funeral and something, I don't know what it was, you know, whether it was, you know, 
somebody's life has passed and it's like, I got to get this done. And, you know, whether it was one of those experiences or not, but I just felt inspired to, to create this. And in my mind, I had been thinking, I, I, I've seen, I saw the book originally as being mostly blank, like a whole bunch of pages, like 120 pages, mostly blank. And then somewhere in the middle would be the, the big message, you know, <laughs> eat less, exercise more. So somewhere in the middle. And then it occurred to me, it just like popped, bam, right in my mind. You know what? I'm going to have the words repeated because repetition, you know, it's like faith, repetition and expectancy. And that one of the people that, I, that I've studied through the whole process of the work that I've been doing for the 36 years that I've been at it is somebody by the name of Dr. Joseph Murphy. And Dr. Joseph Murphy says that it's with faith, expectancy and um, repetition that we manifest and and so faith is knowing that you're going to do it or get there and of course repetition is reaffirming that you're you're going to accomplish something and then expectancy is expecting that it's just done like feeling as if it's already there so understanding and knowing the importance of repetition I thought I'm just going to repeat these words eat less, exercise more, and have it throughout the book. But then I thought, well, I want to make it fun because the the cover said 13 simple tips to absolute weight loss. And I thought, well, I've got to come up with 13 really funny uh, chapter titles. And so that's where these chapter titles came from. I just started thinking. And I I have a a sort of a funny sense of humor. Um, (laughs) When I speak, I'm quite often, you know, sharing a joke. Like every time I speak for Bob Proctor, Um, Before I go to the event, I'll go there with some kind of a story. And basically what I do is I take a joke that I've heard. And of course, it has to be clean and and uh, non-offensive. And I just make it about Bob. You know, I'll find a way to make a make a some kind of a funny story about Bob. So my sense of humor definitely came through. You know, I always wear black when you exercise, like you're going to a funeral for your fat and then do this. We just eat less, exercise more. And then, you know, chapter two, diddly squats are not an effective form of exercise, but almost any other form of exercise will do when you follow this proven formula. Because it's like, you know, what are you doing? Diddly squat. You know, you've heard that expression. Maybe not everybody's going to know that expression. But uh, especially if English isn't their first language, but doing diddly squat is definitely not a good form. But squats are a form of exercise. Very. uh, Right? Very challenging form of exercise for a lot of people. Very challenging form of exercise. So that's really where, where, you know, these ideas came from. There's one chapter here, chapter 11, it says, I sincerely hope you never think of yourself as fat and ugly. But anyone who does, here's the best method I know of to overcome that attitude and form a new positive self-image. I actually originally had that chapter. It said, if you think of yourself as fat and ugly, go to the gym and just be ugly. That's what what I had there. But I sent it to a friend of mine to review my chapter titles just to get his, his feedback. And he changed that one. He said, oh, I don't think you should say that. But I thought it was funny. You know, if you think yourself as fat and ugly, just go to the gym and be ugly. <laughs> I thought it was funny. He didn't think so. So I had to change that one. I think I think I should do the next edition with their original thought in there. I think it's kind of funny. So this uh, that's where, like, I remember, you know, one time a, a friend of mine who just loves her red wine. She's like a, a freak for red wine. 
but yet she's not really an exercise. And I remember her saying that to me one time that, you know, drinking red wine, I'm using my muscles, my arm muscles, maybe I'll build some good muscles. So that's where the idea for chapter six came from doing reps with a full glass of wine doesn't count as strength training. Right? You know, there, there's, there's some videos and I think they're for moms. Okay. Um, because my, my niece keeps putting them up and they are so funny, but there is this one and she, you know, she's all about working out with her friends and literally they have wine bottles and they're doing, <laughs> they're doing this routine with the wine bottles and with the glasses and, you know, doing a push up and then taking a drink. I mean, it's hilarious. That's funny. <laughs> that is so funny. <laughs> You know, we laugh at that kind of stuff, but you know, laughter is a great form of exercise. You're burning a lot of calories by laughing. It it really is a good one. Plus, you know, as you know, it releases endorphins in your body. It causes you to feel good. Like there was a a book written years ago by Norman Cousins called um, The Anatomy of an Illness. And he was told he had been diagnosed with an incurable disease. Anybody can look this up online, Norman Cousins, Anatomy of an Illness. And he had been told he had an incurable disease or that he was going to die. You know, whatever he had was supposed to be fatal. And he thought, I'm not accepting that prognosis. So he decided that he would laugh himself to health. And that's what he did. He just started watching old movies or videos or it might have been, I'm trying to think, I'm certain we didn't have DVDs back then, (laughs) might have been VHS videos or something. Somehow he got a hold of all kinds of uh, these recordings of these funny, funny shows and he just laughed himself back to health. And so, you know, we may be, even think about people who are in good spirits. You know, like if someone picks up the last diet book ever. I mean, there's some people that are just grumpy, right? They're just <laughs> miserable. And they'll pick this up and go, like, are you kidding me? And like they might complain or whatever. It's like they probably complain about other stuff too. I remember one time hearing a, a, a professional speaker say, no matter what, no matter where you are, people will complain. You could give somebody a million dollars and they'd probably complain that they'd have to find some way to invest it or they have to pay some tax on it or whatever. It's like there are people in like that in the world. And and uh, when I launched this book, I mean, the, the comments were amazing. You know, people coming back going, this is brilliant. Um, you know, people saying, I'm throwing away my diet. I'm just going to do what you suggest in the book. I've had um, Bob Proctor. I, I took it to his house actually in Toronto and I had a meeting with him and I showed it to him and he just laughed. He said, this is absolutely amazing and true. Yeah. It's true. But there was one person <laughs> who was really pissed off you know, and, and she was angry, right? Like really, wow. really angry. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, get a hold of yourself, honey. You know, like, it, you know, it's, it's okay. You know, life's not meant to be that difficult. But there are people that are going to be angry in this world. And, and uh, it's like Wayne Dyer used to say, you squeeze an orange, orange juice is going to come out. And you squeeze somebody and anger comes out. It's because it was in there. Right. Right. So, you know, I don't think it's going to please everybody. That's why I'm, I'm very open to, to tell people what's inside. Right. And um, as much as it doesn't take long to read the book, like I've been getting really funny texts and emails from people that have been buying this book saying, I'm on chapter five, you know, I'm totally, you know, like, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. Like, I can't put it down, you know, 
<laughs> or I spent last night reading your book. Okay, how long did that take? Right? <laughs> or I'm, I blocked off the whole weekend to dive into your book. And then I'll have to tell them, hey, listen, honey, I just want you to know it's not going to take you all weekend. It'll probably take about 10 minutes. So, but, Well, uh, you know, we take life so seriously. And unfortunately, you know, when it comes to our health, I mean, especially especially weight related. I mean, it can really affect people's health. And so it's so hard for some people, you know, you know, some people struggle with it all their lives. And, you know, we have a choice. Yeah. We can it's, see things. It's chapter on chapter five. <laughs> Did you have that one? Yeah. <laughs> but choice. I mean, we have a choice. We, we can either see life from that place of I'm a victim and everybody betrays me. In fact, my, even my body betrays me. Mm-hmm. Or you can come from a place of love and say, you know what? Everything has a reason. And stop making this so like you're not a victim here you just need to make some changes and you need to see it from a different perspective stop making it I don't know your identity stop making it something so painful and just you know make small changes stop trying to make it all like you know there are so many things that are unhealthy for us that we do like sugar and wheats and you know i we have we have these issues that are plaguing this world and you know the gmo things and like i i'm not supposed to have wheat i'm not um gluten intolerant and i found that if i have like there's ace bread in toronto which i think is pretty much a standard in canada but it's now gmo or it's always be been non-gmo um they just have finally gotten their recognition for it um but you know it makes a huge difference if you i mean if we become conscious of the things that are actually the problem i mean sugar is a huge problem like it's huge it's It's epidemic it is yeah it's a deadly poison Right, and, and if people thought about it, it's like if you knew that was going to hurt your body, would you would you put it in your your physical body? You know, the other day I found some texts that my mom and I were were sending to each other. She used to be on MSN Messenger uh, when she was alive. She passed away in two thousand and eight, and I was searching for something the other day on my computer, and and I found I found a, a dialogue uh, that her and I were having. I I'm so happy I saved them. It was so much fun to save them. And and um, there was someone that we knew. I won't say who it is just in case she listens to your show. <laughs> there was someone that we knew that was pregnant. And it was someone that we knew very well. And I asked my mom in the dialogue, how is she doing? She says, oh, she's, she seems to be okay. And, and I said to my mom, I said, did she quit smoking? And she said, no, she hasn't yet. And, and, and it's like it makes me crazy. She's pregnant. It's like giving a cigarette to a baby. Like, do you know what you're doing to your baby? Like, why would you even do that to your baby? And 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 so, um, you know, we start this little dialogue where we're talking about um, this this woman, young woman who was pregnant and she was smoking cigarettes. And I said, well, did she at least stop drinking pop because she was drinking pop all the time and, and addicted to pop? And she said, no, 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 she's still doing that. It's like, oh, my goodness. Like, if she had any idea what that does to not only herself, but her baby. Like, if you love your child, 
would you do that? Would you give a baby a Coke or, you know, <laughs> why well, I should maybe not say cola. How about if I say cola? <laughs> and uh, anyways, you know, it just, I think what was happening for this particular young woman is that she didn't love herself. You know, when you, when you talked about identity a, a minute ago, I think that's really significant. And this young woman simply wasn't loving herself. Her I- identity was she didn't see herself as a healthy, vibrant, happy person. That's not how she saw herself. And as a result, you know, she was very unhappy and insecure and and uh, unhealthy. And, of course, all of the things that she was doing were just reflective of how she really felt about herself. And I found out, and as I said, my mom died um, in 2008. So that was, what, eight years ago now. And so this person has had her child all these years, I think maybe about eight years now. And uh, I understand that, you know, she's a young woman. She had to have all of her teeth removed because they were rotten. <laughs> and, and uh, yeah, that's kind of like sad. You know, yeah. it's it's sad that she just hasn't taken care of herself. But it's part of what she believed. Like if you are somebody who you really love yourself or are willing to love yourself, and you create the identity of being someone who is conscientious, not just about other things or the planet or whatever, but about yourself and how you're feeding this vessel. This is the body that's going to get us, you know, get us to the end of our time. And it's our vehicle. So how do we treat it? You want your car to keep working for you. You want your car to function and operate for you. You're going to treat it properly. You know, when the indicator comes on to say you need to change your oil, you're going to change your oil. If the indicator comes on to say you need to put some gasoline in it, you're going to put gasoline in it. You're not going to put garbage in it, <laughs> right? You're not going to start stuffing garbage down the gas tank. And, and we've got to really respect our bodies that way as well. And... uh It's like everything we put in our mouths is either strengthening us or it's hurting us. Everything. I remember one time seeing Wayne Dyer. I don't know why Wayne keeps coming up, but he does. Um, Anyways, I remember uh, he was a client of mine as well. I loved working with Wayne. Um, Wayne was on stage at an event and he held up a banana and he held up a chocolate bar. And he said, which one of these is going to strengthen you and which one of these is going to weaken you? Well, it's pretty obvious, right? The banana is going to strengthen you. It's a natural thing that came from the earth. And uh, not not that all natural things that come from the earth are going to strengthen you because there's some things that don't like drugs, right? Um, and what, what's going to um, uh, weaken you. And, of course, the chocolate bar is full of sugar and it's going to weaken you. And it was such a simple demonstration from stage and yet so powerful Uh, really bringing a message and you talked earlier about choice we're making a choice every time we you know go to the refrigerator or go in the cupboard or go in a store um, or go in a restaurant we are making a choice of how we feel about ourselves yeah yeah and I mean sugar see the problem with sugar I mean there's so many problems with sugar but I mean Mm -hmm. in its natural state it's probably I mean it's still it's still a drug right? <laughs> and it's still it a problem because we become addicted to it. Right. The worst is though, is that they've done so many things to sugar and, you know, and those are far more, far more worse on our body. I mean, and then, and then, True. you know, we come out with all these diet products 
And Ugh. oh, <laughs> exactly more right. Poison. It's, you know, we just need to be True. more aware. Like, if some, if you could give up sugar, and you know, once you're addicted to it, it is hard to give up. I mean, there's interesting. I I can't remember the author, um, but he, you know, because he was writing a diet book, but he never actually had a weight problem. So he actually gained weight, okay. and then tried to, you know get back to his original state. And he said, you know, it was so hard because he'd gotten addicted to, to sugar and to, to make that conscious choice to let go of that sugar. He said it was hard and it really is like, we're. <sighs> but if you love yourself and you're motivated and you're ready to make the changes and you realize just how how detrimental certain mm-hmm. things are to your health, then you you know, because sugar is killing us. Like it, it probably in most cases could be, you know, 70 to 80% of the problem with people that have weight issues because it's, it affects our insulin levels. It affects, I mean, it affects so much of our body that we're, True. it's, you know, it's creating diabetes type two with us because it's such a problem. Like we just, we're not getting it. <laughs> Well, one of my friends recently, he studies uh, like a health, a lot of stuff about health. And he said, you know, a lot of people think carbs make you fat. He says, carbs don't make you fat. Sugar makes you fat. Which carbs turn into if they're simple carbs. But yeah, exactly. Well, I remember one time hearing, um, it was actually one of my author clients talk about you know, stuff that she was including in her book. And she was talking about the three white poisons. And she wasn't the only one that had talked about this. And they are salt, sugar, and white flour. Yeah. How poisonous they are. But you mentioned, you know, the things that people use to create sweet tastes like saccharin and, and uh, other <laughs> things like that. I mean, there's more than just white poisons. There's or three white poisons. There's, there's plenty of them. <laughs> but we need to really be aware. Like years ago, I wrote a book. And, um, and I've been very, very seriously thinking about re-releasing this book. And the book is called... Stop digging your grave with your mouth. Mm. And the original idea for that book came a number of years ago when I was visiting my mom. And my mom would say things like she was sick and tired mm. or something was killing her. And and it was just con- constant, uh, constant, uh, you know, words or language that would come out of her mouth. And she was often sick and tired. And, uh, and I remember thinking, and, and she ultimately ended up dying of cancer, um, lung cancer. My brother died of cancer and my father had cancer. And, and, and so the book, you're, you're digging your grave with your mouth wasn't originally started from the whole concept of energy of words and the words we say, and you'll hear it. Just notice people say, Oh, like I'm dying to go here, right? You're dying. <laughs> You're dying to go there. Well, if you're dying, then you're not going to really enjoy it. So um, just really paying attention. Like we create, we're creative beings. We're consciously creating and unconsciously creating all the time. And so that was the original idea is I want to do a book and help people understand the power and the energy of words. And then I I thought, well, I'd like to do a a section on if we're digging our grave with our mouths, Hmm. um, you know, what are we putting in our mouth? Like drugs, prescription drugs nicotine, you know, um, what do you got? Cigarettes. Uh, I, I was never a smoker, but both my parents smoked 
and my both of them had heart attacks. My father had a stroke. Ultimately, that's what killed him. My brother died of, of cancer. He died of esophagus cancer, which apparently um, the number one uh, contributor to that is alcohol. And he was a big drinker. And uh, and earlier I mentioned this woman who was you know drinking pop when she was pregnant and smoking cigarettes and had to have her teeth removed because she she destroyed them. Uh, sugar mm-hmm. destroyed them, actually. And 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 she's very slim, but yet she's on the borderline of diabetes. Her doctor's telling her if she doesn't change the way she's eating, she's going to be a type two diabetic. Right. And um, and you know what happens when you get diabetes? You know, like you start losing body parts. You know, it's like oh my goodness, it's crazy. So I, I you know I've had that idea for many many years. I actually originally wrote an ebook and uh, back in probably a dozen years ago now, but I've been very seriously about bringing that book. I am not a health expert. I am not a, uh, an expert in dieting whatsoever, but I understand just enough to know we should be paying attention to what we're putting in our physical bodies. And uh, of course we should also be paying attention to what we're saying as well, because that's impacting what's showing up in our life or not showing up in our life. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) All right, let's go to chapter seven, because I kind of like that one. Chapter seven, get up early and start exercising before your brain figures out what you're up to. <laughs> That's so cute, isn't it? You know, the, it really speaks to the whole idea of, you know, sometimes we think too much, you know, we start thinking about, oh, oh, I got to do that, right? And then we just think ourselves right out of doing it. And so as much as it's funny, it's like get into the habit of doing this first thing in the morning and it's done. But if you if you plan on exercising at the end of the day or in the evening, you're very likely not going to do it um, unless you are somebody who's very disciplined. So that's why I uh, that's why, you know, it's it's fun. It's fun doing this interview with me with you, because um, as much as it was, you know, really fun and and playful uh, there's so much truth to these these chapter titles. I have to do it in the morning because that's that's I mean, I don't get up early, but it's the first thing I do. Um, Excellent. Just because it's the thing that makes me, you know, it gives me energy and it makes my day. I mean, it, you know, except when we have, you know, all the snow. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, <laughs> I mean, I, I did go out in the winter. Mind you, this winter has been, you know, so great. But, you know, it is one of those things. I mean, I see people, you know, running in the middle of the summer, at, in the middle of the day where it's just like, I'm in the water going, what are you people doing? <laughs> like, I just, I think, you know, okay, there's dedication, but then there's just stupidity. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Like, I think, you know, when you look at addictions, I think there are people that are addicted to exercise because it does release the endorphins and it does make you feel better. And you, you know, you can get to that place, but I think there are some people that overdo it and those people are just you know, just getting ready for a heart attack because there it's, it's kind of crazy that way too. But, you know, if you're sensible, like most people should be sensible if, um, you, know, you should be fine. But I mean, right. I, you know, but I see these people and I think it's like a hundred degrees outside. What are you doing? Like, do you really think that that is actually good for your body? <laughs> I, I think it's so important to have fun. Yeah, right? you've got to have fun with it. When when you incorporate the fun as be part of an, a regular regimen, like um, Zumba dancing, as an example, mm. uh, that's become that's really taken off. Mm. And it's it's a lot of fun. 
you know, it's just like, think about when you've been dancing, like it's hard to dance to great music and have a frown on your face. <laughs> <Good point. laughs> it, you're just going to have a lot of fun. Like I tend to like to do things that are fun. Like I really recognize the value of our time. You know, I like to do things where I might go for a ride on the bike or, or go for a, you know, walk in the woods, you know, with my husband or my grandson. I love playing with my grandson. He, he's four years old and he really keeps me active. You know, he wants to play games. Come on, Grandma, let's go play, you know, play these different games. And and uh, it can be a form of exercise. I mean, inevitably, after I've had him here at our home for a weekend, I, I'll get on the scale on a Monday morning. And I've dropped a couple pounds because I've been so active with him. And it's good. I think everybody should just get themselves a grandson and, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they'll lose weight. <laughs> Now, I really like chapter nine, although, you know, the compelling part is, you know, difficult. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you think exercise is a dirty word and feel compelled to wash out your mouth out with chocolate, then here's the way, best, best way to overcome that destructive mindset. Although washing your mouth out with chocolate doesn't sound like a horrible idea. I know some people think that dark chocolate is actually good for you. I don't like dark chocolate. So I don't either. But I do get that it because it has less sugar, right? It's it's it has the least amount of sugar, the higher the chocolate, the higher the uh, the um, the percentage of dark chocolate is in it, the less sugar it has. So that's why I, I agree. I mean, there are some very good brands that are out there, but it doesn't quite have the same flavor. But I right. do it, you know, if I need it, if it's a, you know, if I'm really, really in that place. Um, but I haven't been. I actually have been quite good at getting rid of sugar in my diet. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm on that. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Uh, I still eat sugar. Yeah. I, I don't I don't think as much um, as I have in the past. I'll I'll just uh, I'll just think about Wayne's question. Is this going to? Is this going to strengthen you or is this going to weaken you? And yeah. and I'll make a decision that way. But sometimes, um, you know, I'll indulge. Sure, but when you're when when your weight isn't an issue and when you're not addicted, that's not a problem. But if you are addicted, you know, you have to cut it out for a while. True. Right. If it's if it's one of your addictions, you have to cut it out because your body needs to heal. See, I think one of the big problems with our digestion and. <laughs> I really do like the heading of chapter eight, but, um, you know, I think one of the big issues is that we have a lot of digestion problems and we're not digesting our food. So, you know, depending on what it is that you're wanting to add in, but, you know, I just like, but eating a skinny person won't solve your weight problem. <laughs> <laughs> That's just kind of crazy. It's the crazy girl that I am. <laughs> yes, it's true. You really are what you eat, but eating a skinny person won't solve your weight problem. I don't know where this stuff comes from, but yeah, you, you kind of got a twisted sense of humor. I think so. I love it. I think so. You know, my dad was a very, very funny man, and um, and I loved his sense of humor. He was so playful. And my brother, Gary, that I mentioned, who, who passed away at the very young age of 49, uh, him and I were very close. And uh, he was the funniest person I've ever met in my life by far. And whenever I was with him, my cheeks would hurt from laughing so hard. 
And I remember one time we were you know, sitting around, the family was sitting around and Gary, his name was Gary, was being really, really funny. And we're all laughing so hard. And my mom, as I mentioned, was a smoker. So she was smoking and she would end up laughing so hard she'd be coughing and choking. And she would say to me, like, make him stop, make him <laughs> stop. And it's like, I, I can't. I mean, he's just, he was nonstop. And I remember saying to Gary one time, you know, you should really look at doing comedy, like stand-up comedy. You're just screaming funny, hilariously funny. And it was all spontaneous. It was just, bam, it would come to him. And uh, he said, you know, I, I find that I don't think I would do well at that. And he, he didn't think he would do well at it because he felt that it had to be sort of performed. It had to be something that was practiced and performed. That's not the the way he was funny. He was funny spontaneously. And if he had to actually create some kind of a, a show and deliver it, he didn't feel that he'd have that that spontaneity to just go with it. But you watch, you know, watch like even late night talk show hosts. Not that I'm up late very often, but uh, oh, we're going to go, we're, yep. <laughs> we're go see it. We're going to go see Jimmy Kimmel soon. And, and uh, so my husband and I have been, you know, taping some of his shows and watching it. And uh, you'll just see some of these guys. They're funny. They're, they're spontaneously funny. Yeah. Uh, Melissa McCarthy, who's a very funny actress, um, like she's spontaneously funny. I saw something. There's a little segment online of of melissa mccarthy and and jimmy fallon who um did a lip sync contest i don't know if you've seen it laurie or not but you should (laughs) look it up and check it out it was so hilarious i think i saw it on facebook and uh and you just watch their spontaneity and i think it's really really important to keep that sense of humor whether you're just open to other people being funny or whether you're open to being funny yourself and I have found that humor solves so many things. It'll just, as you know, Norman Cousins wrote about an anatomy of an illness, it causes you to feel good. And when you're feeling good, you attract good. That's yeah. it. Bam. End of day. You feel good, you attract good. You feel good, you attract good. <laughs> feeling good is something that everybody should be striving for every single day. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and yeah, and <laughs> humor is one of the best ways to you know, to get yourself out of that place. Like, you know, when we get ourselves stuck and in, you know, some of our dark days, you know, all we have to do is try and find something. ah, That's what I will always do. Always, always, always. And then I'll find something that makes my heart sing. Excellent. You know, but it's, it's just those little bits. Like you, (laughs) you just, you have to, and, and this book, I mean, the concept around this book, the fact that, you know, you want to lighten this all up. I mean, I love that you dedicated it to Oprah, but I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God, I got to Speaking of that, this makes me laugh. I had this woman. Um, she's a, uh, uh, producer of a pretty big show in the U S I won't say which one it is, but anyway, she, she saw, I guess when I had posted on Facebook about the last diet book ever. And she's like, Oh, Peggy, like, and I've been on that show before. And she says, like, I'd really love to have you on our show as a guest. And it's a big show. So she says, can you send me a copy of the book? I said, sure. You know, so I emailed her a copy of the book. And then she sends me a message saying, I see that you've dedicated to Oprah. And she said, do you know Oprah? And I'm thinking, oh, brother, like, do I know Oprah? Yeah, we're like best friends. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, what does it matter, right, whether I know Oprah or not? 
And so, uh, and now the, the reason why I dedicated Oprah is because, as you know, with my sense of humor, I thought that'd be funny, mm-hmm. right? Dedicated Oprah. <laughs> like, you watch her commercials right now that are going on, and it's like the year of your best body. That's what she's calling it. This is the year of your best body. So it's like, no, I don't know Oprah, but, you know, there's, if you, if you really understand the book, which takes about one page to figure out, which is on page five, you'll, you'll get it, right? You'll get it. And, and, uh, and so I never heard from her again, but it it just made me laugh. Like, do you know Oprah? Like, oh my God, like somebody can't dedicate a book to somebody else because they don't know them. Like, that's ridiculous. (laughs) Anyways, it's, it's just, uh, boggle my mind now i know for sure oprah winfrey has a good sense of humor so if this book ultimately ends up getting to her then fabulous then uh, i think that's great speaking of that i'll tell you a quick little story that i think you will appreciate since you're totally into um creating creating our experiences i was uh you know at bob proctor's house as i mentioned a little while ago before that before i'd finished the book and i or maybe the book was out and i showed it to him right and he thought it was screaming hilarious and he has a great sense of humor bob proctor has a phenomenal sense of humor so he loved the book idea and he said you know not only is it funny it's true like the the whole concept of the book is is true like you just repeat right (laughs) and so he was telling me that he was going down to a meeting at success magazine he was flying down in a private jet on that sunday and he was going to success magazine and he was going to have a meeting with them and and uh, he had a meeting with the the editor, and I thought it was Darren Hardy. I didn't realize that it was no longer no longer Darren Hardy, and it was this new guy. Well, I don't think how, I don't know how new, but someone that was now the editor of the magazine, and and a, a pretty cool guy. And so Bob says, "I'm going down to meet with this guy," and uh, I think it was John Addison, maybe is his name. And and so you know, after I got back home from Bob's place, I, I went online and I was just looking up you know, success magazine, because I used to subscribe to that magazine years ago. And I think now you can get a subscription electronically. And, and so I was just, you know, looking at their site and reading some of the articles there. And there was an article in there about um, Jimmy, Jimmy Kimmel. Okay. And the article was about Jimmy Kimmel and, and weight, he had apparently had a weight issue. And he created this very simplistic method methodology of uh, eliminating weight and I forget what it was it was something really simple I'm thinking to myself okay so Jimmy Kimmel really gets this idea of of having weight challenges I mean he's not a big guy he's a slim guy but uh, there was a period of time where he wanted to release some weight and he ended up doing it and he created a very simple system for doing it and I thought I want to get my book to Jimmy Kimmel (laughs) I think it'd be a great place to for the last diet book ever and uh, about a week later I was at a gala event in California in Los Angeles and they had an auction and the auction was designed to raise money for this charity. And so the auction included, they had a number of different items, but one of the auction items was VIP tickets to Jimmy Kimmel live. (laughs) And I thought, wow, I'm going to get that. And I just, in my mind, I just said, okay, I'm going to go up to $5,000. That's what I'm willing to pay for them. $5,000. It was going to a good cause. And I started bidding and somebody on the other side, there were 600 people in the room. Somebody on the other side of the room was bidding against me. So, you know, the numbers kept going up. We got to 5,000. I just stopped bidding. And so the other person 
well, didn't really win it, but they, you know, they got the right to buy the tickets for like $5,200 or something like that. So, um, then I guess the person that donated the, the tickets were in the room and they said, listen, if that other woman across the way is willing to pay $5,000, we'll also, you know, let her buy the Jimmy Kimmel tickets for $5,000. So I mm-hmm. said, sure. So I ended up getting, uh, tickets to Jimmy Kimmel Live and I'm going there in a few weeks and I'm bringing the last diet book ever with me so you'll probably see him have it on his show <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> yeah I think you'll love it he'll probably want to buy copies for everybody he knows <laughs> I'm sure okay let's let's just let's just do chapter 13 and then uh, we'll complete this but perfect <laughs> chapter 13 at Christmas time be sure to ask Santa to bring you a big fat bank account and a slim body and don't get the two mixed up <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that cute? Yes. So sure. You know, and really, what does that speak to? Is as you know, the power of being very clear on yes. what it is you want. Just as I just did, you know, Jimmy Kimmel seeing. Okay, so like when we talk about me going on Jimmy Kimmel, I created a vision in my mind using the power of imagination. I created a vision in my mind of me being on Jimmy Kimmel, or not. I don't even have to be on the show. I don't care if I'm on the show. My book is what I'm seeing on the show. Jimmy Kimmel ho- holding the book out up and you know I bought one for everybody in the audience and and that's really what it starts with is clarity on what our vision really is is power I get real clear on what it is that you want see it even with your physical body you know one of the things that I have on my vision board is a picture of me in a bikini on a beach down south and uh, or pictures of me on stage in a really slim outfit so I keep the vision of me being slim and staying slim I remember one time I got the, one of the Victoria's Secrets catalogs and I cut out one of the bodies and yeah. I put my head on it. <laughs> and that was on my vision board. I don't have that one up there anymore at 57 years of age. I don't think I'm going to be in <laughs> Victoria's Secrets catalog. That's a little bit much. But, uh, you know, it's part of creating the vision and being very clear on what it is that you do want. Right. Well, Peggy, as always, this has been a great pleasure of mine. You know, I I hope people read it with a light heart because it really is, you know, the message is clear. It, let's try to stop making this so difficult. There so are true. simple ways of doing this. Just, you know, be more conscious. I mean, I think, you know, often we're, you know, we're, we substitute addictions, you know, we're watching TV and true. start pulling up things that, you know, well, we're so not true. even aware of, right? We're just doing it because it's just something we do. Or when we go to a movie, we always have to have popcorn and, and a drink. I mean, it's, it, it's these, you know, things that we're just not aware of. And when you're motivated and when you're ready, you'll make the change. Absolutely true. And I think, as I said earlier, it's the good news and the bad news. The good news is we're addictive, you know, beings. um, And the bad news is we're addictive beings. So (laughs) like you just said, you create a new habit. And that's really what it is. Instead of doing, you know, watching the TV and sitting on your bum, you know, eating bonbons, you know, create a new a new habit. You could maybe still watch TV, but eat some celery sticks or whatever, right? And stay away from the news. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> stay away from the things that are going to make you emotionally eat. So uh, true. Okay. So well, true. Well, this was a lot of fun. I really appreciate you. Appreciate everything you're doing and appreciate you help sh- sharing the message as well with everyone. Thank you. Well, you have been listening to News for the Heart. We've been getting to the heart of what matters and you are listening with Peggy McCall. Peggy, how can people get a hold of you? 
go to PeggyMcCall.com, P-E-G-G-Y-M-C-C-O-L-L.com. All right. You heard it here. We'll be back next week. Thank you. Have a question for Lori and want to be on the next News from the Heart show? Drop us a line via instant feedback at bmajor.org. News from the Heart is brought to you by Intuitive Soul and is produced by Major Radio for Clear Channel's iHeartRadio and bmajor.org. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.